In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Perhaps, like me, you have in recent days uncovered a new feature in your smartphone. Yes, it's now possible to go into the settings and to find out how much time you have spent on your phone every day. It produces a handy graph to tell you what you've spent doing various things and so you can track your usage. It even tells you how much time you spent on the internet or on social media or listening to music or listening to the radio. You can set settings so that it doesn't go beyond certain limits. And even more scary, if you're a parent, or perhaps if you're a child, your parents can make those settings for you. You can see exactly how you break down your usage of time. If there were such an app or facility that looked into the decision-making process in the church and looked at our synods, our PCCs, our various councils and boards, and it divided up the amount of time that we spent looking at different subjects, I think it would come up with some interesting outcomes. I may be the only priest in the Church of England to have had this experience, but I suspect I'm not, But my hunch would be that if we did that to all the PCCs and synods and councils, we would find that we spent an amount of time thinking about mission and ministry and prayer and worship and an exponentially much larger time talking about money and finance and resources. That's my experience of ministry And I suspect it's the experience of many communities around the world. Today, our sisters and brothers in the Roman Catholic Church will mark the canonization of Archbishop Oscar Romero, a very famous figure from the 1970s who spoke out against injustice and poverty who tapped into a more radical theological agenda which many people came to know as liberation theology, enhancing the experience of the poor and listening to their voices with care and with consideration. There are, of course, critics of Oscar Romero as well as people who see him as somebody who made an important contribution to the church's theological and practical thinking through our age. But he was somebody who helped the church, at least in a way, to begin to change culture and to engage in decision-making in a different way. The relationship between the rich and the poor was turned on its head. The authority in decision-making, the influence, the voices of those on the margins were heard much more clearly 
than had been the case in the past. Those who had power found those who had power in a different way, speaking to them in truth and in love. Jesus comes across the rich young man who, with um, presumably great enthusiasm, bounds towards him and asks, what must he do to inherit eternal life? He goes away disappointed, sad and perplexed at what he is asked to do. Sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. The rich young man approaches Jesus not looking for a whole offering of himself, but instead prepared, I think, to take a limited view of what the gospel might offer and say and challenge. Jesus then challenges the disciples that they must take a different view, a change of culture, and view possessions and resources and material things in a different way if they are to enter the kingdom of God. That's not easy, but it's also not impossible. Some years ago, um, there were floods in uh, York in my time working in that diocese, Um, and there were, importantly, floods in the Archbishop's Palace, and the cellar was flooded, and um, I think some of the archives were affected. And there was an article printed about this flooding in the diocesan newspaper, uh, which used to get sent around the, the diocese and also to our linked diocese around the world. One of the strange consequences of that happening was that the Archbishop of York received a very large donation, uh, not from one of the rich parishes in York, but from one of those communities in the developing world with which the the Diocese of York was linked. They had known for themselves what flooding meant. They had known for themselves the damage that flooding could cause, and they wanted to share their resources with the Archbishop to overcome the predicaments that he found himself in. It turned that notion of rich and poor on its head and was both a challenging and a humbling experience. So on this day, I think as we read that gospel reading, we're reminded that we're challenged about the nature of the culture which underpins our life together as a community. We're challenged to think very carefully about where our priorities lie. And we're challenged also to think where we are rooted, in our own resource provision or in something much deeper and life-changing and eternal. So what could it mean for us to take a different approach. What would it mean if we were to use our um, smartphone app viewer thing gathering around the church to find that we spent most of our time talking about mission and ministry and spirituality and connecting with God and sharing that life and love with others? Well, perhaps we'd find within ourselves a culture 
that express thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what we have been given and given to share. We'd find a culture which expressed a good approach to stewardship, prioritization and use of resources, not just for ourselves, but for the building and transformation of community. We'd find ourselves expressing a culture where the quality of relationships had precedence over the quantity of possessions. And we'd also find a culture within which the sharing of gifts enabled the impact of mission. At the heart of this is an openness to a change in culture rooted in our understanding of community and reflecting our own understanding of the nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whatever we might think about the liberation theologians of the 1970s, they rooted their political views and their theological expression in a deep-seated spirituality, a commitment to the reading of Scripture, a very deep life of prayer, and an openness to listen to God. Perhaps in this day and age, and on this day when the church more widely remembers the life and work of Oscar Romero, we too as a church could be open again to changing our culture and refocusing our attention on those key and fundamental dimensions of our church and our shared ministry. Perhaps if we were to change our culture, those who look in from outside would find not a church which talks much of money and lives in great buildings, but yet speaks of its own poverty. But they'd find a community which echoed the generosity of God in its life and in its living. They'd find a community which expressed what it was to live with forgiveness and reconciliation as a means of deepening understanding and opening up the possibility of transformation and hope in individual relationships and in wider society. We'd find a community which was less hierarchical and celebrated the distinctiveness and gifts of many and recognised all for their role and God-given vocation. They'd find a community that was adventurous in its approach to shared risk-taking. And they'd find a community that was honest in its listening and in its learning. So as we hear those words about just how hard it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God, let us not do what the rich young man did and close our ears and run away. But let us together as a community find new ways of changing and developing culture, of reprioritizing where our focus may lie, that through our life, work and witness together, we may indeed play our part in the transformation of the world and the very deep bringing of hope to others.
it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Amen.